We have metal detectors, but do we have truth detectors? Well, Jesus said everyone on the side of truth listens to him. Bishop Pearl and I will follow that through next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Truth is a, comp a very controversial topic. Sure. A word that is thrown around and, and is defined according to topic and personal feelings and indoctrination, too, by yeah, the way. that's for sure. When considering a political or spiritual truth, there are huge differences of opinion of what is considered truth. But truth isn't established as valid based on opinion or feelings or ideology or even Mormonism. And that's what we deal with. Is Mormonism the truth or not? Is there truth to the idea that polygamy as instituted by Joseph Smith is truly the pathway to God, which is what the polygamists claim? Is there truth to the other religious ideas that Joseph Smith and Mormonism have produced, labeling them all necessary for eternal exaltation? Well, first of all, truth is consistent. It doesn't change. It never will change. One thing we know for sure, Mormonism changes. Boy, that's for sure. <laughs> If truth isn't true today, it never was true and will never be true. In fact, the truth itself is so narrow, it will not and cannot be broad-minded or tolerant to what isn't true or changeable, nor will it embrace conflicting ideas or opinions. Hmm. People don't like to hear that. Yeah. Jesus said the way to life is narrow, right? That's true. And he is the way. Yeah. The way is narrow. It is very contradictory to say there are different truths for different people. Jesus said, I am the truth. So if anyone wants to find truth, Jesus is the place to start. Jesus also said, I am the beginning and the end, uh, the Alpha and the Omega. And that means he is the A to Z and everything in between. So truth begins, is, and ends with Jesus Christ. If anyone teaches a differing doctrine than what Jesus taught, it isn't Jesus who should be doubted because he is the truth, the dictionary, defines truth like this. Yeah, from the good old Merriam-Webster Dictionary, definition of truth. It's the body of real things, events and facts, actuality. It's the state of being the case, which is a fact, and from an old English word meaning constancy. Okay, so yeah. we have actuality, fact, and constancy yeah. that defines truth. Now, as we study Mormonism, especially the polygamy side of it, we discover that Mormonism began with the vision claim of a 14-year-old boy whose entire life was based on fraud, treasure hunting, tall tales, and the occult, and then later on sexuality. In this two-part series, we're going to compare teachings to show our viewers, especially our polygamists and also our Mormon viewers, that it's very easy to discover if Mormonism is based on truth. We're going to begin with Joseph Fielding Smith. In his book, Doctrines of Salvation, Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th president of the church, said, If Joseph Smith's claims and decorations were built upon fraud and deceit, there would be up here many errors and contradictions which would be easy to detect. And that's the truth. And that is the truth. <laughs> and honorable investigators have detected numerous errors and contradictions and inconsistencies when comparing Mormon scriptures with each other 
and of course with the with Bible. The Bible yeah. We're going to be using four categories to present contradictory ideas that we compare. First one is Mormon doctrine, compare with Mormon scripture, compare with the leader's teachings, and then compare with the Bible. <laughs> We're going to begin with God, because that's the Good best place, place to, to begin. <laughs> what did Joseph Smith say about him? Yeah, in the King Follett Discourse, God himself was once as we are now, and is an exalted man, and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret. It is the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty that the, the character of God, and to know that he was once a man like us. Okay. Wow. Yes, wow. I, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we believed it too. Doctrine and Covenants 130 verse 22 tells us that the Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's and the Son also. Okay, that's the Doctrine and Covenant. But what does the Book of Mormon say? Yeah, we find in Alma 22, 9 through 11. And the king said, Is God that great spirit that brought our fathers out of the land of Jerusalem? And Aaron and said to him, unto him, Yea, he is that great spirit, and he created all things, both in heaven and earth. Believest thou this? And he said, Yea, I believe, and that that great spirit created all things. So, is, God, is, is, is he a God man or, or a spirit? Now, since the Bible came first... And it has passed every test ever given to it for historical accuracy. And since God knows who he is and who he isn't, what does it say? I have four scriptures here. Numbers twenty-three, nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. First Samuel fifteen twenty-nine, he is he who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. John 4.24, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And Luke 24.39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. Now there's more, but there's four good ones, two from yeah. the Old Testament and two from the New, that explains where God reveals himself who he is. Now both Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon contradicts the Bible. Their beloved prophet, Gordon Hinckley, he had no consistent answers either, we quote. Oh, boy. Uh, this, yeah, this is from the interview in Time magazine. Was God once a man? I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I don't know that we teach it. We don't know very much about that. I don't know a lot about it. Now he's the prophet and doesn't know, right? That's right. So, the Book of Mormon, God is not a man. The Doctrine and Covenants, God is a man. Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and other leaders, God is a man. Mormon polygamists and teachers, God is a man. Gordon B. Hinckley, God is not a man. The Bible, God is not a man. Well, <laughs> if you What's don't get it right about God, the rest of what you believe cannot be right either. It begins with Him. The next one, of course, is very important to those who believe they can become gods. Are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit three gods or only one God? The Book of Mormon contradicts Mormonism. It does. It says there's only one God, and it affirms the Trinity. Yeah, when I finally read this and understood it, I, after kind of in my middle of my journey out, this one really shocked me. Mm, it did me when and I And what was read interesting, it, yes. it was it happened, the answer no, which we'll get to, was actually on the next page. 
Mm. And so I'm sitting there reading this and it says, is there more than one God? And, and I turn the page and it says, no. no. <laughs> what? Wow. Anyway, from Alma 11, 26 through 29, And Zizram said unto him, Thou sayest there is a true and living God. And Amulek said, Yea, there is a true and living God. Now Zizram said, Is there more than one God? And he answered, no. no. And in Mormon 7, 7, it says, Unto the Father, and unto the Son, and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God. Okay, so they're one God. Now, it doesn't say one Godhead filled with three gods. Right. It doesn't say that. And it never talks about purpose, you know, right. one in purpose. Absolutely, or just yeah. one for this world, right. which is what we were often taught. Oh. Okay. But in contradiction to the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price and the Doctrine and Covenants, says there are many gods. We call yeah, section from. 132, old famous 132, verse 20. <laughs> then shall they be gods because they have no end. Therefore shall they be from everlasting to everlasting because they continue. Then shall they be above all because all things are subject unto them. Then shall they be gods because they have all power and the angels are subject unto them. So wow. there he's teaching people will become gods. Many gods. And a different section in the same Doctrine and Covenants contradicts itself. Yeah, chap uh, section 20, verse 19, And gave unto them commandments that they should love and serve him, the only living and true God. <laughs> so which is it? The only is one. there only one living and true God or many gods? Yeah. Well, God knows if there's more than one God or many gods, so let's ask Him. Yeah, three scriptures from the uh, Old Testament, Deuteronomy 4.35. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides Him, there is no other. Isaiah 44.6. This is what the Lord says. I am the first, I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. And 44.8 says, You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No. There is no other rock, I know not one. So, the argument ends there. It really does. It just plain does. Yeah. God says, no, there's no other gods, and He knows. Yeah. He knows. And He told us. <laughs> and He told us, so. Right. right. So, what about the idea that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers? Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is either one or the other. He cannot both be God in the flesh and Lucifer's brother. The belief is summed up, the belief that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers are yeah. summed up in this following statement. Yeah, Milton R. Hunter's uh, The Gospel Through the Ages. The appointment of Jesus, oh, so good, mm -hmm. the appointment of Jesus to be the Savior of the world was contested by one of the other sons of God. He was called Lucifer, son of the morning. Haughty, ambitious, and covetous of power and glory, this spirit brother of Jesus desperately tried to become the Savior of mankind. And you know, that's all hogwash. It's just not true. Yeah. And you'll not find that story in the Bible anywhere. But what does Mormon scripture say? That was a Mormon leader. But yeah. what does Mormon scripture say? Yeah, Mosiah 7:27. And because he said unto them that Christ was the God, the Father of all things, and said that he should take upon him the image of God, and it should be the image after which man was created in the beginning, and that God should come down among the children of men and take upon him flesh and blood and go forth upon the face of the earth. And now, because he said this, they did put him to death. Well, that's clear that Jesus is God. Yeah. 
I mean, th th they've got a little bit off base from what the Bible teaches, but it's certainly closer right. than than yeah. yeah. And so, how can uh, how how can they believe that he's Lucifer's brother? The Book of Mormon teaches that God took on flesh to become our Savior. He did. Jesus Jesus did. So so their scriptures and their teachers are in contradiction with each other. How can Jesus, at the same time, be the Father, God, and Creator, and still be the created brother of Lucifer? Yeah, I never understood that when you think about him being the, that he created all things. Yeah. Uh, he would have had to have created Saint, yeah. uh, Lucifer as uh -huh. well. Lucifer is created. Now, most of us will agree that Jesus is Lord. He is actually the Lord. Let's read what First King says about the Lord. Yeah, chapter 18, 36 and 37. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God. You, uh, Lord, God, yeah. the Lord is God, right? right? And then Jesus said in John fourteen nine. Anyone, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Right, yeah. right. So Jesus Christ is God. There, there's no question about it. There's no doubt about it throughout the Bible that Jesus Christ is God. If he isn't God and he claimed to be God, he wasn't a good person. <laughs> oh, that's true. You can't trust him. No. Jesus cannot be two contradictory beings. Another contradiction in Mormonism is that murder is unforgivable. Joseph Smith wrote this in Doctrine and Covenants uh, 4218. Right. And now behold, I speak unto the church, thou shalt not kill. And he that kills shall not have forgiveness in this world, nor in the world to come. And in verse 79 it says, And it shall come to pass that if any persons among you shall kill, they shall be delivered up and dealt with according to the laws of the land. For remember that he hath no forgiveness. So if you kill, there's no forgiveness. It That's says, it's it very says. clear, it's not a matter of misinterpreting. Right. It's very clear, no forgiveness for murderers. Right. But in the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith writes, murder can be forgiven. And 3 Nephi, chapter 30, verse 2, Turn, all ye Gentiles, from your wicked ways, and repent of your evil doings, of your lyings and deceivings, and of your whoredoms, and of your secret abominations, and your idolatries, and of your murders, and your priestcrafts, and your envyings, and your strifes, and from all your wickedness and abominations, and come unto me, and be baptized in my name, that ye may receive a remission of your sins, and be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered with my people, who are of the house of Israel." So keep that in mind. Joseph Smith said, repent of your murderers yeah. and receive remission of your sins. That's what it says. Okay. <laughs> okay. But he said this in another place. Yeah, in the discourses of the prophet Joseph Smith, it says, remission of sins by baptism was not to be preached to murderers. All the priests of Christendom might pray for a murderer on the scaffold forever but could not avail so much as a gnat toward their forgiveness. There is no forgiveness for murderers. Oh, very clear, isn't so it? So he repeating yeah. that. So again, we have the Doctrine and Covenants contrad contradicting the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith, the, 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 the preacher, the leader, and right. all of that, saying contradictory things about the sin of murder. So which is it, forgiveness or not? 
Joseph Smith didn't even know. He wavered back and forth, probably forgetting what he wrote. I think he kind I of think that, lot, had a lapse of memory that, here and there. That. But Jesus, he knew. Yeah, we read in Matthew 12, 31. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Now, blasphemy against the Spirit is not murder. No. If it was murder, different. he would have said murder. Right. Right? He did not say murder was unforgivable, and he would know. Now, on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And if there was ever a sin that should be unforgivable, <laughs> it would be killing our Savior. Yeah. But Jesus asked for their forgiveness, so obviously forgiveness was available. A few times in the past, we've compared the contradictions in Mormon scriptures regarding plural marriage, and there's plenty of them, and we're not going to do that again at this time. However, the bottom line or the conclusion according to Mormonism, Mormon scripture and Mormon preachings is this. Yeah, I like the way you've done this. <laughs> Book of Mormon says don't do it. Doctrine and Covenants, first edition, don't do it. Joseph Smith Revelation, section 132, do it or be damned. <laughs> the first seven Mormon prophets obviously do it since they did it. Wilford Woodruff, don't do it. Mormon polygamists, do it. And current Mormon church, don't do it but we'll do it in the millennium and in heaven. <laughs> so they're back and forth and back and forth. And remember, truth doesn't change. It, it, it's constant, yeah. right? It's constant. And very often when we read this do it or don't do it command, it includes, if you get it in context, it includes the Lord said so. Yeah, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two, conflict, two conflicting ideas and they cannot both be right at the same time. And of course, here's an Orson Pratt quote, <laughs> And it's the deal clincher. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Orson Pratt. I did hope there was more intelligence among the Latter-day Saints and a greater understanding of principle than to suppose that anyone can be a member of this church in good standing and yet reject polygamy. The Lord has said that those who reject this principle reject their salvation. They shall be damned, saith the Lord. Those to whom I reveal this law and they do not receive it shall be damned. There you go. There you Pretty go. And he was a seer. He was a prophet. Yeah. He was an apostle. So does, does God command polygamy or monogamy? I mean, you were back and forth here on these comparisons. Is God so fickle that he can't make up his mind? Can we trust someone who can't make up his mind or changes his mind on requirements? The Mormon's 12th article of faith that Polygamus also believes says, we believe in being subject to kings and magistrates and rulers and presidents and obeying and honoring and sustaining the law. And Mormon scripture, the Doctrine and Covenant, says this. Yeah, in section 58:21, let no man break the laws of the land, for he that keepeth the laws of God hath no need to break the laws of the land. Okay. Makes sense. But, <laughs> but their practice did not and does not reflect their doctrine. Early Mormon polygamists and polygamists today are a law unto themselves. Examples. Joseph Smith set up a bank in Ohio. He had no license from the state to do it, and he was fine for doing it, and a lot of people lost a I, lot of money, but yeah. he did it anyway. Joseph Smith performed many marriages without civil authority or the license to do it, but he did it anyway. Joseph Smith took plural wives in violation of laws forbidding polygamy, and then he lied about it. When he was killed, Joseph Smith was in prison because he illegally destroyed a printing press that had revealed his polygamy. His death was a result of a gun battle, and how did the gun get into the prison? Mm. 
and he killed two men in the shootout. After the church said they renounced polygamy in 1890, hundreds, literally hundreds of secret polygamous marriages were performed for and by many church leaders. What, until 1904, uh, thereabouts? 1904. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These are poor examples of those who claim to obey the laws of the land. <laughs> it's true. We, uh, now, history bears this out. You know, you don't have to take our word for it. You can check this out. And, and of course, we point these things out, hoping that our viewers will investigate what is true and place your faith in he who is the truth, Jesus Christ. Not in the Jesus who is Satan's brother, but in the Jesus of the Bible who said, I am the truth. Now let's look at the contradictions they've created trying to explain the first principles of their gospel. The fourth article of faith, which Mormon polygamists believe and teach, says the first principles of the gospel are this. First, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, repentance. Third, baptism. And fourth, laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, did you learn that in Mormonism? Oh, yeah, that's fourth article of faith. Yeah. Biggie, yeah. Yeah. Now, Orson Pratt was an important leader in his day oh. in the early Mormon church. In the, in the question and answer section of his book, The Seer, he wrote this. Question, what is the plan of salvation? Answer, it is to believe and do all things that God requires of us, and then we shall be saved through the atonement of Christ. Question, has God required mankind under different dispensations to believe and do the same things? Answer, in some respects he has, in others he has not. Question, what are those general law and ordinances necessary to be believed and obeyed in all dispensations in order to obtain a complete salvation? A, our answer is, they are first, faith in the atonement of Christ, second, repentance of all sin, third, immersion in water for the remission of sins, and fourth, the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost through the ordinance of confirmation or the laying on of hands. But, <laughs> but again, Joseph Smith said, it is the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty the character of God and to know that he was once a man like us. Why didn't Orson Pratt mention that? Why isn't it in the Articles of Faith that this is the first principle? It's an example of another contradiction, and we've already proven that God is not a man, okay? You're right. <laughs> and polygamists need to ask the question, why isn't polygamy listed as one of the first principles of the Mormon gospel? We were taught That's that. It's the first, very important in, in, in the polygamous plan of salvation. And all the sacrifice that goes into living that principle. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, the, the, the first principles of the gospel is as we have already quoted from Pratt and other places, but let's look at how the Bible describes the gospel. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. So there's four points of the gospel, but they're not the Mormon points. No. At all. Not at all. And this is the gospel that saves the only one that saves those who believe, and it's all about Jesus. Yeah. 
there are just too many contradictions in the Mormon use of the word gospel. Next, who holds the power of eternal life? Well, 2 Nephi 31, 20 and 21 <laughs> will tell us, Wherefore ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. And now behold, my beloved brethren, this is the way, and there is none other way, nor name given under heaven, whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. And, they, and now behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and the only and true doctrine of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God without end. Amen. There we have an affirmation of the yeah, Trinity again, again, right? Is one God. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. Yeah? Yeah. They deny Mormonism denies the Trinity, but th there we have it. <laughs> now, I have an interesting comment here. If feasting on the word of Christ and enduring to the end is the way to eternal life, is true, and that's what, that's what, it, what said. it said, why does anyone need anything else? Why does anyone need Mormonism or fundamentalism? Such a good point. Anybody can feast on the word of Christ and endure to the end without being a Mormon or knowing anything about Joseph Smith. You kind of wonder if, if Joseph Smith he, he really realized, like you were saying, whether he realized from time to time that he had already written this particular thing or, you know, when he would write something or speak of something else that he was contradicting himself. I don't think he did. And you know what? I think that he plagiarized so much stuff. Uh, I think he plagiarized, <laughs> he plagiarized the Bible. That's been sure. proven for the Book of Mormon. But I think he also read uh, Christian commentators and plagiarized some of their stuff yeah. and would insert it into his stuff. So we've got a mixture of, of some Christian ideas mixed with Mormon ideas. Yeah. And, and so you've just got a hodgepodge. Well, and I think people like Sidney Rigdon and uh, Oliver Cowdery, maybe Oliver Orson Pratt and others that were influencing him too. Maybe. Yeah. As they would talk about things, he'd be thinking, oh, I can use that and or mm -hmm. come up with another different perspective of something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have part two coming up because oh, there yeah. was more than one part could handle. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure and watch the next one as we do part two. And thank you very much, you Earl. You, you know, truth does matter. More than anything else in your world or our world, truth matters most. Your eternity and our eternity is a long, long time. And while we're here, we need to investigate the truth of what happens after we die. And what can we do while we're still alive to ensure a great eternity? The truth can always stand up to any test you give it without any fear of its failure. So why not investigate and check these things out? Thank you for watching. See you next time. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.